0: What is what going, on, is going and on, everyone? My, my name, name is, Matt, is Matthew Matt Potter and Potter. Potter. Welcome, welcome to Harden, 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 the Droction where we have where four, four of, the, of the best and brightest in brightest industry. industry that are, that are gonna go ahead and go ahead and discuss some and hot, to hot, 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 hot topics. I'm gonna go ahead and go ahead and out with, with everybody's favorite, favorite person. Steve D. Train 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 Talk
1: Hey,
2: what's going on, everybody? Before I introduce myself, just wanna real quick uh share a couple of updates uh weasel as you can see he's no longer here uh he has decided to go off and pursue his uh, uh his media business right so um we were honored to have him here for as long as he was here he's off to uh new ventures and we wish him nothing but the best right so uh i think it's great one of the things i'm really excited about is oh you know, uh helping people uh move on and and succeed in life so really excited for weasel on his uh, next uh Chapter in a story. Uh, we have Matthew here. Uh, Matthew is someone that's been around for quite some time. Uh, if you guys don't know, he was my short sell negotiator back in 2008, all the way up until now. So he's processed about 18,000 short sales. <clears throat> so uh, we wanted someone that has the experience and depth to review our answers. So moving forward, uh, Matthew is going to be like the Max Kellerman on Around the Horn. And the votes will be the tiebreaker. So, uh, a little, we're not going to have any more uh, VA shenanigans from Chris or RJ. So, I uh, just wanted to share that with, with you guys real quick. And as far as I am Steve Trang, <clears throat> apologize for my voice, real estate disruptors, sales trainer. Uh, we're now promoting sales leadership. I believe that's the next evolution for building a sales organization, or something that's really important going into 2023.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Steve, for the introduction and the information. Next, Next on our, on our esteemed esteemed panel, panel of awesome of participants. participants, we have Mr. Had 9, 9, to Nine to five, 5 R.J. Bates.
3: So uh, I, I haven't been here in a couple months, but apparently I got labeled as Mr. Nine to five because I have a job now. Um, <laughs> Nothing yeah, wrong with having a boss, R.J. Yeah, I'm excited about that job. Um, that that job premieres uh this Saturday A&E Zombie House Flipping um excited about that opportunity uh my company's Titanium Investments we do nationwide virtual wholesaling and uh, looking forward to uh, taking back my title uh you know taking it back away from uh, Mr. Chris Jefferson there
0: and the trash talking starts out of the gate all right next on our next on our list we have mr leon barnes mr cg collective genius
1: well i'm glad you got that g in there who the hell brought the new guy who is this dude with the hat on titanium hat I haven't seen this guy in like three months welcome back rj shout out to weasel congrats my friend uh steve uh don't blame the voice by playing hurt today um i do appreciate you finally listening to the best and the brightest on this group to finally get the scoring done correctly so much appreciated on that looking forward to having rj back here today on a good time it
0: it was a hard sell to get steve on you know get get him on task with the uh scoring (laughs) but i'm happy to be in control and then everybody can tell me what I did wrong. Last <laughs> but certainly not least to the party, we have Chris, Mr. CJ Jefferson, charged up you, talk to me, boss.
4: Hey man, it's a, it's a pleasure, man. It's, it's great to meet you. Uh, I know your, your scoring is gonna be phenomenal. We appreciate you in it, advance. <laughs> um, it's good to be back. Uh, I know we had a Thanksgiving break. I wanna shout out my guy, Weasel, man. Congratulations to him on new endeavors. Uh, Sounds like Steve's a bit sick or parched. I don't know what's going on with the throat over there, Pauls. But we wish him the best in getting better uh, and enjoying his loss today. Uh, Leon G. Barnes, it's good to see you again. All right, you're looking slim and trim and healthy, man. Uh, RJ Bates, I I mean, I don't know. I I can't believe you got somebody cutting you a check and you got a job. It's (laughs) good to see you finally get a day off, bro. And have an opportunity to hang out. So it's, it's, it's good to see you, man. It's good to see you. Oh, uh, yeah. This is going to be fun.
0: <clears throat> <laughs> all right. We're going to go ahead and dive into it. We're going to go ahead and go into our first topic, which is everybody's favorite hot topic issue right now. U.S. mortgages. Are you all ready for the question? Let's go. Here we go. Do it. What are your thoughts on the U.S. backing mortgages above $1 million? Let's go with Wu-Trang first. Hit me.
2: I mean, I think it just makes total sense, right? As values go up, the conventional mortgage like for the longest time, if you wanted to buy a luxury home, you had to go through a non-QM, you had to go with something off market and had a completely different interest rate than everybody else buying a conventional mortgage. So, I mean, I think it makes total sense, right? Uh, the question really isn't whether I think whether they should be backing million dollar mortgages. I think the question really is should the US government be backing mortgages at all? Right? That's a completely different conversation. But I, if you're going to be backing mortgages at 900K, I don't see anything wrong with backing mortgages at 1.1 mil and so on.
0: Okay, good insight. Good insight. Appreciate it. Going to toss it over to RJ. Give me your thoughts.
3: Yeah, I mean, when we look at this, this is a product of the appreciation that we've had over the past, you know, decade. Um, but also we need to kind of reevaluate what is a million dollars in 2022. I mean, it's not as much as it was, you know, when we were growing up, you know. And so we're talking about what is this? A total this is really only happening in 100 counties out of 3,000 counties in the United States and Those counties that it's happening in, I mean, we're talking about in Southern California, Northern California, New York, places where a million dollar house is really a starter home. And so it's kind of necessary in those areas. So I don't think this is like a freak out moment. I think it's just a product of inflation and also the appreciation that we've received over the past several decades.
0: Good insight, good insight. I agree, a starter home in San Francisco is about 600 square feet and it's 1.3. So right. I can definitely uh, understand that point. Leon, what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, there's some good insight there on appreciation. The Over the last uh, two years, we've seen the media in America go up 40%. But I also think my thoughts on this is that it's clickbait. If you really read into the article, And you look at in 2022, in high cost markets, you know what the number was? 970,000. It's a 12% increase. What they don't also mention a part of this article is that the same thing is happening for the low cost or the medium uh, medium price markets. Right, a 12% increase is on both sides. It just happened to just tick over one million dollars. So this goes back to guys when you're reading information and. And trying to update yourself and and, and being informed, just make sure you read the entire article because really what it was is clickbait. Got it.
0: Don't get caught just by the headline. Go ahead and dive in a little deeper. Scratch the surface. All right, CJ, what you got over there in Virginia? How are you feeling about million-dollar mortgages?
4: Yeah, I mean, we don't get too much of that action over here in Richmond, VA. But, I mean, I, I think this is just the reality of how the world is working right now. I agree with what these guys said about it, for sure, I think the more important point that people need to pay attention to is that housing costs is inc- is, is continuing to increase year over year. Uh, and the reality of it is that wages are not increasing. And so the, the, the detriment that is actually really taking place, the concern isn't if the government to me is doing this or not. I think this is just standard practice in business for them the concern should really be for the consumer base and the the retail, you know, really America in general is why is a house in San Francisco 1.3 million dollars when are we going to start addressing the affordability issue across the country so people can even live in these metro areas and take advantage of you know home opportunities, labor opportunities, things of that nature that to me is
0: really the concern. Very good insight. It seems like we almost have Full agreement from the panel, like, has
1: this, yeah, I think what Chris before? gave there, uh, I think so, I think what Chris gave you there is the is the is the more important issue and the thoughts on that on that backing I mean, 40% increase since 2020 on the median price across the United States, obviously, we're starting to see that the government is doing something like that as well. By continuing to increase interest rates, we're starting to see in markets like Phoenix and San Francisco and San Diego, that prices have come down some, but they're still low inventory. So they're not being affected as much as we would hope for from an affordability standpoint. So Chris's point there at the end is truly what this, this argument or this conversation should be about.
3: Yeah. I would be curious to know out of the 100 counties that this is happening in. How many of those counties are majority Democrat counties. I mean, and, and states, because I'm looking at California, I'm looking at New York and that's where the majority of these counties are. And that's where the, the government's having to step in and back these mortgages over a million dollars. I mean, I live here in the state of Texas where a million dollars is still a mansion or you're getting mm-hmm. a, a rent that's not happening here. I mean, and even in places like Dallas, And even in Austin, which is essentially California and Texas, I mean, it's that's just not a reality in this state. So I think there's a kind of a deeper rooted issue there potentially Uh, not to get too political on this, but it is kind of a, a politically charged conversation. All right.
4: Hold on. RJ, slow down. Your, your guy's back in the race. All right. He's back in the race. Slow down, slow down, slow down. All right. He's back. back, and back all right? But let me, let me, let me say this, man. what I mean. And, and what my point is about this is that we've got to be really concerned about if people can actually qualify and afford homes. And then why is it the case that they can't. All right. And the reason that it's the case is because housing is not housing anymore. To us, to the consumer, it's, a, it's an emotional connection. It's a sentimental value, but that's that's not what it is anymore. What it really truly is now at the end of the day is it's a, it's a security. It's like a stock. And so people that run hedge funds, people on Wall Street that pay millions and millions of dollars a year to lobbyists, guess what? They don't want you to own homes. They don't want you to have home own ownership. Why? Because they want to get returns on investment and they want you to pay rent. We're largely moving in the next 10, 15, 20 years to a largely rental-based society, I think we should all have extreme concern about that.
2: Should we? I mean, you look at around the world, it's not unusual, right, for uh, houses to be unaffordable, right? I'm not saying that's the right thing, I'm just, you know, observing that in, uh, you know, you go to Korea, you go to Japan, I mean, even like in Vietnam, I remember we were looking at a property that uh, my family, uh, uh was involved in like to buy it you would never be able to qualify on a mortgage and what you make per month you would never be able to buy the property it just gets passed down from generation to generation so i'm not sure it's a problem that needs to be fixed you know i think you know we got the american dream american dreams home ownership but i'm not sure it's a problem that needs to be needs to be fixed
4: Depends on what side of the aisle you're sitting on, man. If generally Generationally, you ha- your family like mine has never had an opportunity for home ownership in this country to, to amass and accumulate wealth to be handed down generation to generation. Then what does that mean, right? So it, to me, it is an issue, it is a concern because the gap between rich and poverty, it's already wide, but it's, get, it's getting ready to get extremely wide in the next couple of years. And I think that's got to matter to us. I think it's got to matter to us because, the way that this country functions and the way that this country works is by people having money to spend with discretionary income. And that's, we're already seeing a squeeze on that. doesn't feel like it. I I would agree
1: with, I I, I would agree with that. I am concerned the same as you uh, CJ, but I will also say that I was blown away that last Friday was black Friday. And we've talked about all this inflation and all of these issues. And yet we've had the largest black Friday, in the history of Black Fridays, and the same thing for Cyber Monday. So, um, it, it's mind boggling to me that we've done all these things to kind of right the ship, and yet we still have people spending, you know, record record amounts on a day that was created for for retail.
3: Well, you can't put a down payment on a house, and you can't pay your mortgage with a credit card, but you can buy a shit ton of stuff on Black Friday on the credit card. <laughs> <laughs> that you don't, that you
1: probably don't need. More importantly.
0: man that that was good. Um I am new to this, so I just wanted to double check. Am I supposed to weigh in? And you're not I weighing know. in. You're just picking the winner. Uh, that's what I was asking. <laughs> Who the winner is on, on this round? Because this one's rough. This one's rough. Uh,
1: We're
2: saying tie break goes to the to the poll. If you can't if you can't decide,
1: I, I think I am. Yeah, and, float, float uh, up to the just pole. just for the record, uh, I want it to be known that I can be uh, I I can purchase votes if you need them to be purchased. Just putting <laughs> <that> out, <there. laughs> I'll send you my cash app. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Whatever you need. Hold on, I'm just I'm just making sure that I have this clear. The new guy that comes in as the judge on his very first time yes. an opportunity to judge decides to not judge. This is amazing.
2: Yeah, we're very clear communicating yeah. over here. House full of visionaries.
0: Look, not all of us got that nine to five, RJ. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I gotta I gotta well, get flip.
4: Matt. We gotta get Matt some charge you merch, man. We gotta get him some you merch yeah. right here, yeah,
0: There we go. All right. All right. So we're gonna go ahead and get on to the next one or are we waiting for No, uh... you're picking. You're on the spot. Okay. All right. Next one. Let's let's go ahead and in the in the spirit of welcoming the new guy in, we're gonna go ahead and talk about gratitude next. I, I feel a lot of gratitude between all of you. So this is a great question. What is one thing you are thankful for in 2022? Go ahead and go, Steve.
2: Uh, So for me, the thing I'm most grateful for this year uh, is uh, the people here at our organizations. You know, this has been a tough year. Uh, There have been lots of changes, lots of shifts uh, within, personnel changes, externally, market changes, this and that. And everyone's really stepped up, you know. It would have been really easy to say this is too difficult. This is challenging. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to put up with this anymore. And really, everyone stepped up. Um, we did not have to let anyone go. It's something that, you know, right or wrong, that's something that I'm proud of. So uh, I would say that everyone's stepping up, sitting in the ro- a seats that need to sit in, filling the roles that need to be filled, and working together with the boat rowing in the same direction. We had some people leave, and, you know, it is what it is. Right. But the people here are the right people. I'm really, really thankful for that.
0: Outstanding. I like that answer. Um, We're going to toss it over to uh, RJ. Um, You know, besides having a W2 wage, what are you grateful for? You know, what are you grateful for in 2022? (laughs) I'm uh,
3: I'm most grateful for opportunity. I mean, this year has been full of opportunities for us across the board. and quite frankly, some of it I, I don't feel like, you know, we, we <laughs> deserve, but it, it's come our way. I mean, from the opportunity that we had to, to buy a, a country club in my hometown, East Fort Worth, um, we have an opportunity to change the trajectory of uh, what East Fort Worth is. <clears throat> um, we have the opportunity to go on national television and inspire people the same way that i was inspired back in 2012 and 2013 watching people flip houses on tv and say i just wish i knew how they could find houses um that's a a massive opportunity for us to be able to do the same thing for other people who want to get into real estate investing and so um you know titanium is the 22nd element and and so we we had this feeling Going into the year, like, man, we really hope 2022 is going to be a great year for Titanium, and it has been. Uh, We're just so grateful for all the opportunities that have come our way.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I absolutely love that. All right. Mr. O.G. Barnes, what you got for me?
1: Well, to be cliche, I always like to start with health, because without health, none of this is possible. Uh, So I always like to start with health of me, my family, my friends, uh, I'm super, super grateful for. Um, and then uh, to RJ's point of opportunity, we live in the greatest country in the world. We all have an opportunity to, to make um, our own destinies and so the opportunity to grow businesses. All of us on here have the opportunity to, to get on a, on a YouTube channel and do a, a great show every single week um we live in a country that would put rj bates on television (laughs) i I can't think of a better country to be a part of (laughs) so uh i'm very thankful for my health in this great country i'm incredible absolutely
0: (laughs) what what do you even say that cj where are we at
4: yeah i just want to shout out leon real fast before i start um I like how he moves off the cuff he i saw him he looked at his little he's got a notepad beside him with his answers that he he practiced before the show and he sees he sees steve coffin uh you know on the on the camera and so he writes down health and starts with health i like that uh look for me
1: that's a pro move bro
4: I, I like it i like it i i say for me man i just say the people man uh i'm we're seeing people more inspired more motivated more encouraged every single day to get into real estate to get into an opportunity to create wealth for themselves i just did a webinar last night my first webinar i've done in two and a half years uh, we had uh 500 i think in 53 people pop in uh we had tons and tons of energy on that call uh we went for five hours straight i've never done a webinar for five hours we went five hours straight on a webinar. And I, I stayed on the webinar, man, because it was just so many people just encouraged to learn, encouraged to get information, encouraged to figure it out. Hey, in this economy, I'm, I'm waking up every day. The news is telling me all these people are getting laid off. Everybody's losing a job. I'm scared. I don't know what I'm going to do. And people are betting on themselves now. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm grateful to see that all of the work that we're doing individually, collectively, uh, that people in the industry that have influence are doing. It's getting people moving and getting people in the right direction to take control of their futures themselves. And uh, instead of having to be RJ and, you know, you're waiting for direct deposit at 12.01 a.m., um, <laughs> you're, cut, you're, you're cutting your own check. You know, you I know how, RJ, I, I look, 13 years ago, bro, I know how it is, man. 12.01, <laughs> Friday morning, bro, it's got to hit the account. It's got to hit the account. Um, you know, nobody wants to be RJ anymore, man. All right? They want <laughs> oh, to uh, cut their own check, man. They want to cut their own check.
3: You know what's hilarious about you, CJ is you have given me more flack about going live, and then you start off this episode talking about this five hour webinar. Like, <laughs> my, my, my big deal. like I had to work five hours. Yeah,
4: no, I did I didn't plan on doing it for five hours. The people, the energy was crazy. I just kept <clears> going. <throat> but I'm not gonna go live every day for 180 days like you though. Bro. Yeah, let me just put
2: put it out there. RJ's disqualified for this round. <laughs> he named like three or four things. The question is, what's the one thing you're thankful for? So just
3: opportunity.
2: To... Oh, now you have an answer. Got it. Sorry.
1: Well, he, yeah, he gave opportunity all the things that came with that uh, this year. I thought it was a great answer. Um, Listen, Leon had the best answer. Okay, he wins. But if I can add one more thing, um, even if I even if I did win, I'll add one more thing. If I'm not a New Year's resolutions person but if you are looking for a resolution for 2023 of what you were grateful for and you haven't invested the last three years in relationships because the market has been so great it's been a very transactional process of what we do make sure you reinvest in relationships uh, because the market has changed and the relationships that you have no matter if times are good or bad will you will be thankful for that you spent and invested that time If you haven't been doing that in the last three years, make sure that you make that um, something that you put on your list for 2023.
2: Yeah, and I think it's awesome that RJ just low key is trying to work through that veto because he didn't get accepted in the CG. So that was awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, no more discussion on this round, gents. Yep. Uh, i think that's a, that's a good wrap there uh, right. my question is we still don't know who won round yeah man you gotta pick you gotta pick winners matt yeah, i mean no I i got a winner
0: for this round
1: don't you worry to about who
2: they
0: are.
1: oh yeah but you know those those previous rounds that doesn't matter there was only one <laughs> round before that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah announce the winner before we move on matt well i i was gonna say leon was the winner but i don't know i might have to take that back you know <sighs> Um, I am going to award that round to, Le- to Leon, you know, he touched on some very important things, health is wealth, um, you know, get, got everybody in the field, so that's how I'm feeling on that one.
3: It, real quick, before we move on, is this Leon's first ever win? Come I mean, on now, <laughs> I just gave
1: you major props and you're going to ask if that's, come on, man.
2: I think I think he was awarded one uh by uh by Weasel on, on a situation where there was a voting glitch.
1: Don't act nah. like this is my first or my <laughs> second or my third point.
4: You coach little league and there's that there's that kid over there and you're like God dang we gotta we gotta get this kid a medal. We gotta we got if we don't get this guy he's his parents aren't gonna let him come back man if we don't get this guy a today. It? All Isn't right, and we get him a Gatorade now, and now chips, we, have... we gotta get him a Gatorade and chips and a medal, man.
1: It's so funny how we actually have an actual judge now, not a bunch of VAs that I get, I get a victory. Yeah. What, wow. what are the chances? Wow, Matt, man. what's how
4: much are they paying you on CG payroll, Matt? What's going on, man?
1: Nope.
0: Hey, hey, no, hey, it's being over here. Month. All right. We're gonna, get up, we're gonna get on to uh, the next one. This is probably gonna be my favorite question. This is about pay raises. Um, none of us personally know about this except for RJ, but <laughs> do you believe that pay raises help employees work harder or do they become more stagnant? Thoughts from you, Mr. Trang.
2: let Let's go, uh, we normally go with the winner first.
1: Oh, sorry, yeah. gotta go with the winner first. All right. So let's go, let's go Leon, I I'd I love to start this off. Thank you. Um, to me, uh, it only motivates if this is what that person, that individual, that employee is motivated by. Not everyone is motivated by money. The number one reason that people leave organizations is not because of what they make. It's because they don't feel like they're valued within the organization. Now, does everyone want to make as much money as they can? Absolutely. But there's a great percentage of the population that comes to work just to get the nine to five, which actually doesn't exist more eight to five like RJ, right? They just want to come in, do the time and get out. They don't care about increase in wages so if someone is motivated by money and reacts because of it absolutely it's a good thing but not for someone that's not motivated by money
0: okay okay all right keeping it in round robin i'm just going to keep it in order we'll go ahead and go cj what you got for me
4: yeah i don't i don't know if pay raises make people work harder i think hard working people work hard Uh, You know, anybody I know, myself included, who's a hard worker, it didn't matter when I was making in high school $7 an hour working at Burger King flipping burgers. I worked hard when I did that. When I loaded tractor trailer trucks when I was 18 years old and it damn near messed my back up, I I worked really hard at that. And so I think people who work hard, they just work hard in general. So I don't think a pay raise defines that for them. I'm more of a fan of bonuses. Obviously, when a pay raise makes sense, you want to raise somebody's pay. But I think bonuses is really what encourages people to work a bit harder, to push a bit harder on those KPIs, to push a bit harder towards those goals. And I like bonuses as is that's that's the lever to get the best out of somebody. Like, how can I give them something to shoot even harder for to get to that next level? Uh, And so, again, I think hard people work, work really hard if you're already lazy, if you already don't like to work. I don't know that getting a raise in pay is the thing that's going to all of a sudden magically make you want to show up all the time and. Get everything completed in a timely manner and whatnot so i, I really don't think th- that it's pay raises i think people who work hard work hard
0: good points good points i like it all right wu training you're up what you got
2: um i <clears throat> it's an interesting question right do they work harder or they become more stagnant i would argue it's neither um you know <clears throat> if they come to you uh, most people want to do a good job they want recognition they want to be valued and appreciated kind of like what leon was saying earlier right it's not that they're not going to want more money. Everyone wants more money, obviously, but they don't come to work for the money. They come to work, whether it's just to pay the bills or to feel fulfilled. You know, My understanding is that most people want to do a good job. I'm sorry, not most people, but the people that work for you generally want to do a good job. So as long as you're rewarding the good job and you're rewarding their efforts, I think that's going to go a lot further, right? Emotional income versus... Uh, dollars so i don't think it's going to do either uh, i think a pay raise if you can do it great you know if they're worried they absolutely do it but i don't think it's going to make them work harder or less
0: got it got it we, we went ahead and gave Steve an extra seven seconds because of that voice cracking thing thank happening. you
1: <laughs> i was going to ask what happened to the timer
0: hey i i got it set up you know i, I got yelled at by management <clears throat> all right <laughs> rounding it out with rj what you got for me
3: I'm curious if CJ and Leon even knew what the question was. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa. I, I mean, they just went straight at the, the pay raise and it was, hey, does it make them work harder or can it make them more stagnant? I think that comes down to your company culture. I mean, if you have a culture of where they understand <laughs> that because they're getting paid more, there's going to be expectations set for what they're doing to earn that pay increase. I think it can make them work harder. If that's not set, then yes, it can make them essentially become more stagnant in the position and for the compensation that they're receiving. So I think the different, the different, the factor that matters the most here is your company culture. I think that's what's going to differentiate it, whether or not they're going to become stagnant or they're going to work harder. There you go. Discuss gents.
2: I think everything I said, is said. I think maybe, maybe give Leon and CJ a second shot.
1: I don't need a second shot. I said what I said, and it, meant, <laughs> it, it was exactly what I meant to say,
3: right? <laughs> no, it. So it, my, my question to you guys is: is do you think them getting paid more can make them stagnant? Because y'all didn't touch on that.
4: No, listen. It, again, this, this is my point. Somebody who works hard works hard. Regardless if you're paying them $50 an hour, if you're paying them $75 an hour, if you increase their wage to $75 an hour, it's not going to be about whether they get stagnant or not. It's going to embed them even more in the culture. It's going to be the, make them more of a supporter of your organization. It's going to make them want to reach back harder and encourage and uplift other people in the organization that's in their downline behind them. We see it all the time. We use a lot of sports references on this show, right? It's Why, why, do, we, why do we hear that cliche conversation of veteran leadership? Right. Veteran makes more than a rookie at minimum. Why do they want when you get drafted into the league? Why do they want to partner you up with a veteran on the team for you to learn from? Who's the kid in Green Bay that just took over love or whatever his name is for Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers? Now, we know Aaron Rodgers, I think, allegedly is a jerk. Right. So maybe he didn't. I don't know if he helped him or not. But Aaron Rodgers gets paid a bunch of money. And part of his obligation, the job at that organization is to help love, to help to help build him up. It's not for him to get stagnant. Maybe naturally he does, but he—if you're a hard worker, you're a hard worker. Either way, man.
3: So you're saying essentially that a person is who they are, and nothing can change. I'm not saying no nothing
4: can. I'm not saying nothing can change it, but when you work hard, money's not your driver, right? And when you're a hard worker, man, if whatever your job is and you respect and honor your job, you're going to go hard and go and you're going to work hard at that job. I don't. I don't qualify somebody as a hard worker if they say, hey, I'm not going to work hard at the task that I've made a commitment to do because I don't feel like I'm getting paid enough. When you took the job, you agreed you got paid a certain wage. That's what it is. Well, look, when they gave you the TV show and they told you, hey, RJ, I know you got a show to do with Steve Train on Thursdays. You can't go today. Guess what? You need to stay here. We need you to work a little bit harder on this TV show and shoot some more scenes. What did you do? We didn't see you. What did you do? I'm,
3: I'm going to tell you right now, anytime I've ever been. What is your boss? Board, when
4: your boss told you to stay put, when well, your boss said, you know what, Fort Worth, stay put, brush your beard, get back on camera. You were you're a hard worker, RJ. What'd you tell us? I'm I got a, right I, now. RJ, what'd you tell us? I got a commitment. I need to honor this yeah. commitment, my contractual agreement. I don't got a contract with T train. I gotta honor my contractual agreement. I gotta get back to work. I'm a hard worker. You well, didn't it wasn't right about now, the pay.
3: Listen, when they don't when pay I you a bunch of
4: money for those TV shows, it wasn't about the no. pay. Let's be real.
3: No, but it was about to pay when I worked harder at Pizza Hut. Every time I went we're not from- talking
4: about Pizza Hut, RJ. RJ, shooting a show is hard. Shooting a show is hard. We're is, no shooting pay. TV show- is shooting a TV show hard or not? Yes. Do you absolutely. get paid a lot of money to do it or not? No. Did you you're a hard worker, RJ? Did you bust your ass and show up every single time that they asked you to be on call?
3: Absolutely. Right, because you're
4: honestly- a hard worker. It didn't matter how much you were getting paid if you were gonna get stagnant or not. Hey, CJ. But when I
2: you lower your mic bit, CJ. Is-
4: Y'all told me to turn it up.
2: I know we told you to turn it up earlier. He now I got, he got, he got it down.
3: excited. I <laughs> got, got. I, I got to get on here. RJ,
4: man. What
0: is he talking about? right hey, now?
3: Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now. When I got pay increases from shift manager to assistant manager to general manager, there was a added responsibility, but there was also a different work ethic that came from level to level because of the pay increase.
4: Uh, it might be ego. I and power to work. Trip. I go it to work. Be, yeah, it yeah, might, might be ego and power trip. You might be one of those guys that get one of those manager badges. They used to be one of your peers assistant and co-workers. For, and
2: assistant ma- manager for the day?
4: Yeah, now all of a sudden you got a business card, man. You think you're sweet. You know what I'm saying? It says assistant manager. RJ based the third on it. Now you're at the Damn. bar handing out the girl saying that you're assistant manager at Pizza Hut. Nah, man, if you're a hard nah, worker. I would say, uh,
2: I mean, I, I think probably to Chris's point, right? You probably have always been a hard worker, RJ. So I think that, you know, when you got a pay raise, you got that recognition. And that felt good for a momentary period of time. And after about probably a week or two weeks you defer you you it back to who you normally are so if you're already a great worker before you're gonna stay a great worker you're lazy before you're gonna stay lazy right you're gonna revert back to who you are. i don't think it's gonna move you up or down one way or the other to my so point earlier
1: ahead. that's that's ahead, exactly what i that's exactly what i said i um, said it better on, i was helping you out if if you, if you are <laughs> not motivated by money then it's, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be stagnant, but it's not going to make you work
3: harder. All right. So going back to my point though, the culture of the company that is giving you that pay increase can be the differentiating factor there on whether or not you work harder or you become stagnant from the pay increase. Absolutely. That's really, the question only gave us two options. Are they going to be stagnant? or Are they going to work harder? And so from my perspective, The culture that's set by the ownership of that company really is what makes the difference there. I think it's a valid
1: and it's a great point. Going back to the sports analogy earlier, if you're on a team or on a workforce team that it's allowed to be lazy, then you will be lazy, right? If it's not, I I agree 100%. But like you said, the, the question only gave us the option of raising the pay.
0: I'm going to go ahead and chime in for y'all. We're going to go ahead and finish that round. Um,
1: RJ got yeah. an A in
4: reading comprehension in school, man. Shout
0: so, hey, you know what? He, he does. I'm going to go ahead and throw this one out to RJ from the aspect of culture. Um, he touched on it. That's the thing. And he did. He, he followed the two instructions on it. Um, you know, he, he did what he's supposed to do. Real quick, I also want to go ahead and drop in a word from our sponsor. Um, For investors that are in the market uh, with capital thinning in today's market, it's crucial for real estate investors to build relationships with reliable lenders to access the capital they need. That's where Kiavi comes in. Whether you're flipping homes, investing in rental properties, Kiavi offers fast approvals, high leverage, reliable capital to close more deals in any market. Through our easy online process and dedicated support, you can access the flexible loan options that help you scale your business confidently. Go to kiavi.com backslash real estate disruptors to learn more and download your prequal letter in minutes. You can also download a copy of their new Burr ebook to learn the cash on cash return of Burr versus turnkey. We look forward to making it easy for you to grow your real estate investment portfolio. Remember, go to kiavi.com backslash real estate disruptors to get started today. Terms and conditions do apply. Please see kiavi.com for further details about potential loan options. I also have another piece of breaking news that just came through on the wire. The people have spoken. Steve Train took round one. I <laughs> you know it's very upsetting to the panel. I, I apologize. I will do better from here on out. I promise. All right. No, you're you doing good. Ready? You're doing you're good, ready? right? Good. The last guy got
2: fired yeah. for not calling me my guy. So you're doing good.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: That might have been one of my. Yeah, favorite shout favorite out throws. to my
3: guy, bro. Shout <laughs> out to him, hey, real guy. quick. Now that we have sponsors, do I get paid for this show like I get for my nine-to-five? <laughs> no,
1: you don't.
2: Let me get, hey, RJ, I'll call you. I'll call you later. I'll talk about it.
1: So, <laughs> just yeah. a real quick point on that, RJ. You noticed that we got sponsors after you haven't been on the show for a little while. I'm just going to put that out there.
3: <laughs> I, was, I was hard at work behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and squash it and settle it for you guys. The sponsorship is why they're able to pay me to host this. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, right somebody in the
4: comments said Potter was purchased, man. I like it. <laughs> uh, the Potter house was purchased, man. All right, all
0: right, all right. Do you guys want to go ahead and chop it up on something a little bit different? How about some World Cup? Let's go ahead and switch gears here. With the World Cup being international... How do you handle a diverse culture and being respectful of everybody in your business? RJ is gonna start us out with winning the last round. Let's go.
3: So uh, as the person that grew up uh, middle-class, white, straight, I am uh, always been the, the person that has looked at diversity from the, the point of view that I've never been a minority. So I've always just asked questions and it's funny because CJ is one of the guys that, you know, a couple of years ago, there was stuff going on in the, in our culture in the United States. And I reached out and I had probably a two or two and a half hour conversation with him, just asking from, from his perspective as an African-American, like, tell me what's going on. And to me, that's how I've always handled this. Even if it's in my business, like ask questions. I if I don't understand the perspective of someone, whether it be race or their sexuality or anything. I'm just going to ask questions so I can understand that perspective. And then as a leader, share that perspective across the board with everyone else in my organization. And quite frankly, I don't know any other better way to handle that situation considering who I am as a person.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: All right.
3: Great answer, RJ.
1: Great answer, RJ. That was uh, well said, my friend. Understanding others, the first way that you do that is ask questions. And as um, most of you don't know this, but as a biracial kid growing up in predominantly African-American neighborhoods, even though I don't necessarily look biracial, um, I had, I was typically uh, the minority uh, in my experience of growing up, and the, the best thing that happened to me is growing up in a rainbow uh, of humanity. Uh, it's the best thing that uh, I could ask uh, for uh, my childhood experience, and understanding others' culture is, is, is the key to, this, to answering this question, and that also starts from the, the top. Like RJ said on the last question, it's all about culture if things are determined day one, when a new employee comes in that, that, that you are stressing that we are going to treat everyone with respect. And if there's something that is not understood, then we're going to get all the answers that are needed. And I think it, it is so crucial for the leaders of organization to set the, the culture that everyone's going to treat everyone like human beings. I don't care what they look like.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. CJ, what you got for us on this one?
4: Uh, First, man, I want to shout out RJ uh, for his answer. Uh, I remember that conversation was a great conversation. I appreciated the phone call a lot. Still do. Uh, Steve, you and I have had some great conversations as well on politics, race, different things. I think that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. It's just conversation. It's just about gaining understanding, right? You know, I can't expect somebody who hasn't had my experience to understand my experience unless we discuss it. Uh, Unless I remember talking to one of you guys like, hey, look, if you love and care about me enough, then I I have no reason to lie to you about my experience. I have no reason to tell you that this uh, like create a falsehood about how it is to be uh, black in America and what that experience looks like. Uh, And so across, you know, when we say diversity, right? Like me personally, man, like I'm not really worried about what somebody's religion is. I don't care about what somebody's orientation is. I don't care about really truthfully any of that. Uh, It's our commonality that we're coming together to take better care of our families, to create better financial futures, to inspire and change other people around us that's really kind of what I care about I think that's what makes everybody beautiful I think that we're all unique individual creatures uh and I think we deserve the opportunity to be here and flourish in whatever which way it is that we want to we're all entitled to our opinions about other people we're all entitled to our thoughts about other people but uh doesn't mean they need to be shared doesn't even doesn't even mean they need to be spoken on uh so in terms of an organization if you've got <clears throat> diversity and culture I think you should Uh, If you have an organization, uh, if you run an organization and it's not, uh, you know, inclusive of of all people, uh, regardless of what, uh, you know, they look like, regardless of what it is they like, whatever they worship. uh, I think that's a mistake. I think it's a grave mistake. I think it's unfortunate that a lot of that still occurs. Uh, But at the end of the day, man, everybody's entitled, in my opinion, to be who they are, come as they are, uh, because our, our goal isn't to fight and debate each other about. Um, and I'm not talking about the show I me mean in life, right? Our, our, our job isn't to, to argue and debate with each other about, uh, what this person should or shouldn't be doing, who you should go to church with. And th- that doesn't matter. Uh, everybody is entitled to their own life, their own opinion. And, uh, I
0: believe that, uh, firmly. Solid. I, I love it. All right, Steve, what you got for us? What's your insight?
2: Well, now I, <clears throat> I felt pretty good about my answer, but now I don't feel as good. So, uh, growing up. You know, it's kind of confusing because my parents were both Buddhist and Christian, right? It doesn't quite work together. Um, but one of the things that, you know, we learned from the Buddhist uh, religion is to treat others how you want to be treated, right? It's the golden rule, same things we learned in elementary school. Treat others how you'd want to be treated. And I think if we as a, as a humanity, as a country, all tried our best to abide by this, I think we would all be in a better better place, right? We have better quality conversations. For me, I've always treated everyone um, uh, with respect, right? I gave everyone the, the grace, the opportunity, right? We never judge anyone, uh, or we never prejudge anyone. We definitely judge people after their actions, but we never prejudge anybody, right? So I think just treating other people uh, how you want to be treated is how we handle diverse culture. It's funny, we had Ramon and Rodrigo on the show, uh, real estate disruptors uh, a few weeks ago, and someone made the comments, I'm glad you have some minorities on the show. Finally, it's like are you serious <laughs> like <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> if you look back I mean I am personally a minority and if you look around my office like we're a very diverse office so it was really fascinating to get that uh comment so yeah I just treat everyone hey, so let them with respect know,
4: man. let them know your top your top 10 episodes are dominated by minorities on your channel man
2: that's right that's right I don't know where exactly they were going with that <laughs>
1: well that's that's the problem right is that you have people that are not necessarily reading the room reading the full article and just understanding or not going back and looking they're just basing off maybe the last two episodes or last three episodes and i think that's where some of this comes from in today's society is it just you're not there's not they're not informed enough quite frankly
3: well i'm i'm gonna use an example because to be honest with you this topic can be emotional for some people it, it can be a touchy topic right when we talk about this I'll, I'll use a personal example for me that I just went through um, you know walking on and to film a TV show for the first time right I don't I don't know anything about this at all I'm completely new I, I show up to a house for the first time there's 25 people there that work for the the production company. And I have a role and every single one of those people has a role. And for the first two weeks, all I did was walk around and ask questions. What are you doing? Why are you doing it this way? What's your role? Why do you do it this way? Now, every single day that I show up, I have a level of respect for every single person on that set because I understand what the role and responsibility is and the impact that they make to the end goal that we have. And to to my beautiful partner's uh, perspective in the comment here, she just said, recognizing that we all have common ground and a common goal, and that being the forefront of how you navigate the conversation. I think when you spin this back around to the diversity and understanding everyone and and making that inclusive, if it's inside of your business, your office space, you just have to understand and have that common ground. And, And I think that's how we kind of avoid the negative connotation to this conversation.
1: Man, you
0: guys came with it on that
1: one. I yeah. can I can I say that this may be the most serious best segment uh that we've ever had on this show. It's I, really good.
0: I'm not going to lie like I I thoroughly enjoyed that. Everybody's answers are spot on. I am going to award the point to CJ. I feel that he was very eloquent in his uh, delivery and thoroughly enjoyed that, you know, conversation. So it's what we're going to go ahead and do. Can I say one
4: more thing, man, if you don't mind? Of course. Uh, I see, I see my operations manager Deandra in the comment. Um, you know, one thing that I think is really important, you know, there needs to be more women in the space, 110%. Um, and I think when you don't have spaces that operate in inclusion, uh, I think there has to be awareness of that We have to we have to acknowledge and accept the fact that the table is lopsided to be predominantly white. We have to stop avoiding that conversation and act like it doesn't exist And part of the conversation has to start to be, hey, I know the table is lopsided. I understand that hey it, it, it wasn't me that made the table lopsided right but I, I have to accept that I'm in I'm, I'm involved in it and how can I create more spaces for people? how can I make sure I get more minorities on my team? how can I make sure I get more? uh women in my organization and on my team because quite frankly man i've got a lot of women on my team women do the business better than us uh if we're all going to be brutally honest they do the business way better than we do this is why rj's partner is better than him shout out to cassie and so <laughs> we've got we've got to start being willing to create these spaces man uh because it, it's ultimately to our long-term detriment when we do not matt is our there a communities-
3: that, that question is going to be used later on what's up is there a possibility that that question that CJ is talking about with how can we get more women in the industry? Is that going to be a question we might be talking about later You're on? You're talking to the wrong person.
2: You're talking to the wrong person. There's that behind the scenes. People are involved involved in that RJ. Yeah.
3: Right, well, I didn't want to say anything. If it's going to be our sixth. Okay, I didn't mean yet. to jump the gun. I just, that's my
4: people. I saw, I saw the comment. Look, I've got a women's group in my program. We don't have enough women in business. That's just
1: absolutely. I didn't know this until about two months ago that the percentage of female real estate investors, female owned real estate investing businesses is only 7%. 7% of all real estate investing businesses are, are female owned. Now, there are a ton of females in the business, um, and I, I know that number specifically because in any community, especially the Collective Genius, I want us to be well represented um, across the board, um, and we're I'm thankfully above 7% with our membership base, but I, I want that number to be, to be much, much higher, and I'm always actively recruiting female business owners within this community because we're all better when we have different perspectives.
3: Absolutely, well, gonna... absolutely. I'm going to say one more thing on this because I, I will say my my business partner, Cassie, my new business partner, Nicole Espinoza in the TV show, and then our contractor on the TV show is a female, Jenny. Um, I think there is a responsibility to the women that are in this industry to put themselves out there to inspire other women to get in. Because to be quite frank, there are women in this industry, but they're not putting themselves out there like Steve Trang and like CJ and like me and like Leah. Like, dude, if you're here, let people know about it because you you need to inspire the people, the other women that might not think that they can fit in this male-dominated industry, but they can. And to CJ's point, quite frankly, the women can be better than us at this for many different reasons. (laughs) <laughs> and and so for the ones that are, shine your light on you because yeah, there are a lot of us, a lot of men that want to support you because I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my female partner. So I absolutely want to see that in this industry.
0: I dig it. And you guys, well, are, you guys are all right. You know, my business partner is my wife. I am much better because of her. So I think you guys all touched on something that's very, very important. Couple quick things before we get to it. Want to give a shout out to Summer for her donation. Thanks for helping pay my salary. Appreciate Thank it. you, Summer. Uh, yep. <laughs> Summer went ahead and dropped it up in the chat for me. So I <laughs> yeah. appreciate that. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get to it. This one, I, I know everybody's going to have some, oh, wait, real, nope. I already went, I already touched on who won that round. This one's going to be a good question. I want some lively debate. What is one thing you wish was taught in school? CJ, we're going to start out with you.
4: Financial management. Uh, understanding the credit system in America, right? Understanding how to manage your money properly uh, and how to have a savings account. What is a bond? How do stocks function? How do they work? Like the things that matter. Um, I I think our education system, especially early on K through like k through 12 man it's 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 just sad and unfortunate um you know like when i, I grew up and we had a class called home ec uh that at least kind of gave you some basics about how things function and worked at home around the house and, and what that meant but the the fact that we teach people algebra and chemistry and all these different things we try to we try to build them up through this the this terrible system by the way quite frankly but this system of hey one day you're going to be able to get a good job like rj right the reality of the matter is this what what does it matter to have a great job and and get a good salary if you can't manage the money uh if nobody ever had that conversation with you we brag and we talk about uh these athletes that go broke it's like this like people get excited when somebody goes bankrupt people get excited when somebody loses it all and this that and the third and what if they just never were taught nobody ever took the time to even teach them. What if they didn't even know that they could get a bookkeeper to do X, Y, Z? What if they didn't know how to do proper account? Like these things matter and we don't teach it, we don't
0: discuss it enough and I think it sucks. Got it, got it, okay. Um, Next on tap, we got Steve. What's your your one thing that you wish they taught in schools?
2: Unfortunately, I agree with uh, CJ. No, I think money, I think, is uh, one of the most important things to understand. And if you look at everyone that's wealthy and everyone that's not, the difference is not how much active income they've had. It has entirely to do with one understands money better than the other person. That's all it that comes down to, right? Right now, we've been printing all this money, and it's been great. We get to go shopping. We get to go spending, right? But if you look at pre-2020, where the money was at in the, in the world, You look at it. I guarantee you in 2024 and 2025, you look where the money is going to be at. It's going to be the exact same people by the same ratios. Right. And the reason why is that one side understands money better than the other. So uh, right now it's not taught in schools. So it's being basically taught by our parents. And, you know, for better or worse, we're just talking about diversity. Right. Different cultures value money differently. Um, You know, there's that whole stand up bit, Right. About how Chinese people love money. It's true. We love money. We have a God of money. Right. So we talk about money. We have healthy conversations in the household about money, about savings, all this. Right. So there's a reason why some cultures do better financially than others is because it's taught from the parents. But I believe it'd be awesome if it was taught in schools and everyone had access to that information.
0: I'm hearing a lot, a lot for. I'm, I'm hearing a lot for financial literacy here. I like it. I like it. All right RJ uh, talk to uh, talk to us what what are you thinking over here
3: Yeah so I'm going to give somewhat of a controversial answer because I'm the the guy that put his his son in school for a year and a half and yanked him out um, and and we homeschool now I mean history has changed somehow since I went to school math has changed somehow Since I went to school, I don't know that I want schools teaching financial literacy because quite frankly, I don't know that they can teach it. I I, so to answer this, I I guess my gut feeling and controversial answer would be I wish there was less schooling Um, where to Steve's point the parents could actually teach their kids, not some very underpaid, um, probably uneducated person themselves teach my kid how to do something because to be quite frank, I don't want one other person out there, especially a school teacher teaching my son, their version of financial literacy, because it's just not going to happen. And so that's my controversial answer is I wish there were less schooling. Got it. Got it. Not, not that controversial, actually. I
0: mean, you know, start at home. That's where, that's where it belongs. All right, Leon, bring us home. What are your thoughts?
1: There's definitely a theme that has developed. We've had a little bit of this conversation on past shows and financial literacy is the correct answer. And to RJ's point, I do think that when it comes to financial literacy specialists uh should be the ones that are teaching this or at least writing the curriculum right so it can't it, you can always have teachers teach when the curriculum is done by the people that are doing the thing whether that's banking whether that's real estate stocks what have you right we are taught how to bake pies we're taught how to make birdhouses and shop But no one is taught necessarily the financial literacy as a kid growing up super poor i used to always want to know what was the magic the the secret sauce and what i found in my life experiences is a phrase that i've come up with which is spenders going to spend people that spend money are always going to be spend uh, going to spend their money as soon as they get it because they haven't had that foundational financial literacy but I do agree with RJ, It has the curriculum has to be written by the people that are actually professionals in that particular industry.
2: So um, to touch on RJ's point, if you wanna teach at home, I don't think we're saying you can't teach at home, right? We're not saying it's mutually exclusive. What Chris and I are arguing about is increasing the baseline, right? Right now there's zero. Um, now I totally agree with you. Why has math changed? I don't know. It's been pretty good for thousands of years, right? Um, why, why, why is the curriculum changing? I don't know, uh, but I don't think it's mutually exclusive, right? You can teach your kid differently than, uh, than, than what they're learning in school. I am, I'm not really active, but I'm somewhat active in my kid's education. You know, We look at the homework sometimes. Uh, I went to a parent-teacher conference. I actually asked them, hey, can I just look at what you're teaching my kids? You know, and We went through to review what they're teaching my kids. Um, but I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I just think as far as, uh, what we want to offer, I think is increasing the baseline. And then the part where you're saying, you don't know if it could be done. RJ, the question says wish. So your a in financial and literacy as a 2nd <laughs>
3: He's got to, he's got to see now. Let see me it. ask you, do you really think that kids from five to. 10 years old need to be sitting in classrooms for eight hours being taught the things that they're being taught and not getting the real life. Like, for example, my kids, they get experiences that uh, a kid that attends school can never get because of what we've done with our school systems. And that's what I'm saying is, is if there's less schooling and, and we took them out. I, I don't want financial literacy taught to the kids through a schooling system. Now, to Leon's point, if it was done by a specialist later on, it's very similar to, you know, what we do with teaching real estate, right? We're we're specialists in what we do. That's different. But I don't think you're ever going to get something like that in a grade school. But
4: you, Yeah, I don't yeah, think right. fifth and sixth grade is the time we're going to be teaching it to
2: them, right? We're just saying teach it at some point in school. It cannot be in fifth or, or, or five years old or six years old.
4: Yeah, you you and Leon are speaking from your perspective from financial privilege, right? Not everybody has a household where they can say, hey, I'm going to homeschool my kids. Some people got to go to work. Some people are in single-parent households and there's no stay-at-home-with-your-kid type shit going on, bro. And so at the end of the day, while I I, I hear you, what you're saying isn't going to land, all right, in my world and the people that I know's world because at the end of the day, the majority of America, RJ, Leon, Leon, where you come from, People are highly relying on the public school system to serve Absolutely. their children and educate their children. They don't have the financial privilege that we have to be able to pull their kids out of a school and homeschool them, right? My daughter is at home taking in school right this second. I get it. I get it. I got financial privilege too. Don't be mistaken. But I, it's not lost on me that I didn't have it before. And there's tons of people who don't have that. And so we, I
1: agree agree 100%, CJ, and I wasn't trying to say that uh, it's something that we pull them out of. I was saying that from a perspective of the teacher that is teaching that, because I do believe that it should be taught in school, I would prefer that the curriculum be written by those that are successful for those particular things, and that's not asking the education system to do something way outside of the box, although- Probably is. Uh, shout out shout out to Larry yatch who has been a real estate disruptor sells uh he's a, um, a leadership coach on real estate disruptors he's talked about many a times the education system that we currently have was built like factory workers right it built uh, you know the system was built for factory workers not necessarily independent thinking so That's if yeah. you know there's there there's definitely something that um, and I, this is not, I don't want to blanket this because there are schools, there are public schools, there are teachers that are doing this, that are working with uh, private, with with, with uh, dads and moms that do these things to bring them into school. So it, it does happen, but across the board, financial literacy is something that needs to be taught at the public school system. Yeah, because CJ. the
4: conversation really is when 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 do we make adjustments and change and reform the education system for public institutions? That's the problem. Teacher pay is the problem. The things that we're teaching the children in school is the problem. I'm not going to touch on some of those hot button topics today. We'll save that for another show. All
3: right. But RJ, go ahead. What are you about to say, man? My my boy, Nicole Allen said it best right here in the comments. Her six-year-old is much more advanced than she ever was, being homeschooled three days a week for four hours a day. It's not what is being taught; it's how it's being taught and who it's being taught by. My point is: is why can kids become more advanced being taught by their parent who is not a trained teacher for four hours a day for three days a week? You want to know that why? Do is- you want to know why?
4: Because yeah. they're being to Steve's point earlier, bro. They're being trained at home by a parent who's been able to achieve financial success in some capacity. And one parent is able to stay at home, or one parent or the parent is able to hire somebody in-house to tutor their kid and teach their kid in home. And so somebody had to have some sort of financial success, as you have, to be able to afford that. But that's that's not normal. No, we don't the-
3: know that. I don't know who Nicole Allen is. So
4: On disclosure.
3: <laughs>
2: Full well, disclosure: Listen, Nicole serious. Allen is affiliated with Matthew Potter. So. That's
0: my wife, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> right. So she again.
4: Wow. So she's got financial privilege. I'm sure. Look, look. Well, she made honest. all the money for the family. Right. You you're trying to tell me that you think people across America are homeschooling their kids today, and and they make regular income. That's
3: what you. But think? Then, but, you, but you're missing the point. It just our my point is is that why can they be. More advanced with less schooling by a parent who is not a trained teacher than double the workload by trained teachers. That is my point. Is that because genera- generationally,
4: wrong. to Steve's point, generationally they've been taught at a higher level of education based on their culture at home, so they have an increased education level that's being able to be passed down generation to generation. And if there's one oh, thing we learned,
2: R.J., if there's one thing we learned during COVID is that most parents do not want to homeschool their kids
3: Listen I got a high school diploma bro what what higher level of education do I have
4: I listen I dropped out of college I barely graduated high school but I bet you I got more financial literacy than a lot of people That just just because you 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 failed out of high school or just a high school graduate you got a GED <laughs> whatever bro it doesn't mean that you can't become financially literate you can't you, you're telling me that you haven't self-taught yourself things? Yes. You haven't gone out to it, consume information. RJ, would it shock you to know that a lot of people in this country don't have an available bus line to even get to a library to be able to get to a computer or get to a book?
3: Well, no, I, I listen, I'm not going to argue about that, but because that I feel like we're getting way off the topic here. It's, I mean, no, it is the good. topic. It's
4: access the information. And and the majority of people don't have the financial privilege that we do. They can't provide private schooling. They can't provide in-home tutoring. They can't send their kids to mathnasium and commando and all these different places. Bro, my my my, my daughter goes to to mathnasium. It's three hundred ninety-nine dollars a month. That's not normal. People this people just can't pay that. And so the yeah, and, and to, comes from the school systems.
1: And to your to your point, RJ, I get where you're going with that. You know, if you're in a public setting versus a private setting, obviously you expect to get a better education from a private setting no different than if you go to jail and all of a sudden you've got a public the de- the de- de- defender defending you versus someone that has some privilege and opportunity to pay more for a better attorney it's it's what we're what we've always argued on this show is that the more private the better the service will be and unfortunately there's just over time education system hasn't developed and this is the one thing that we feel like is missing the most
3: this is right, what Matt, i'm talking about Michael right we gotta move on this is what i yeah. oh, wait, all right last thing i'm gonna say this is what i'm gonna say about our school systems 14 percent of the people voted for chris closer. jefferson's <laughs> second answer and 35 percent voted for chris jefferson's first answer
0: <laughs>
3: buzz <laughs>
4: Hey listen man, it pays, to, right. be the U, man. It pays <laughs> to be at the U man, pays to be at the U. Listen, listen RJ, let me help, let me help, All let right. me help. The All education right. system at the U is different man, it's All, different. Right. All, so, right. It different.
0: All right, so this one I'm gonna call charge up
4: school systems man. Uh,
0: I'm a, I'm gonna call uh I'm gonna call from my man Steve just from the aspect of he touched on the things that are important i thoroughly enjoy this conversation this is a conversation i feel like we could probably have for an hour and a half i would love to jump in on it we just did
1: yeah no kidding <laughs> i think you
0: know it, rj it's like our original talk 12 30 ish um <laughs> <laughs> all right we got a final question for today oh that's the
2: class we want i want to teach time management to cj anyway moving on
0: <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Is this a great time no, to get into wholesaling as an investor, as a cold calling business, or should we wait because we assume the economy will be getting worse? Based on the fact that you, uh, you got the up vote for the, uh, last round. Let's start it out with Steve. What you got?
2: So the question is whether now is a good time to get into the business. Into
0: wholesaling as an investor, wholesaling, cold calling business. Or should you wait until the economy potentially gets worse?
2: Uh, I do it now. I mean, if you could, it be easier. Could it be harder? It doesn't matter. It comes down to you, right? So if you believe in yourself, if you want to go t- take the leap, do it now. There's no right time to get into business for yourself. You know, it's like you got that friend, right? It's like I'm waiting for the right time to get married. I'm waiting for the right time to have a kid. I'm waiting for the right time to have a job or uh, to quit my job. There's no right time. You just freaking do it, right? You do it, and then you figure it out afterwards. There's no right time for anything, right? If you look at all these people, I mean, you hear so many sad stories of, like, waiting for the right time to have my kid, and then they get to a point where they can't have kids anymore, right? Waiting for the right time to get married, it never, it never comes around. So I, I personally believe if you believe in yourself you, and you want to go into wholesaling, now is the time. Six months, you're going to get distracted. You're going to forget about it. And you're going to look back with regret.
0: I dig it. That's uh, that's why so many people look to you as a fearless leader. I love the uh, believe in yourself, the uplifting uh,
3: words there. RJ, what are your thoughts? I think if you're asking this question, you should probably look inside and and ask yourself, why are you wanting to get into this business? um because for me i've never once thought about the market conditions the economy or anything along those lines this was what i was going to do whether the market was up whether the market was down whether whoever was president it didn't matter and so for that perspective if you want to get into this industry there's a thousand of me's out there that are going to be your competition and so you need to make sure that you are mentally prepared to go through this for the long term and through the long haul and all of the ups and downs that are going to come through it. If you're worried about failing and getting started, then again, you need to look internally and see if you're prepared for what being an entrepreneur is because all of us here have faced failure and succeeded through it. And we're consistently facing failure every single day. Agreed a hundred percent
0: fail, fail forward every time, every time. CJ, what are your thoughts? Get in or should you sit on the sidelines for a minute?
4: Man, if you if you're not getting in now cuz look, I mean you've already missed the boat quite right. Like I mean, you look, you missed the boat if you're still scared to get in right now. My biggest professional regret is I got into business in 2008. I was self-taught figuring the business out myself. Nobody told me the moment in time that we were in wasn't going to be wasn't going to be that long. 2008 happened really quickly it was 2010 2011 the market was back on an upswing before you knew it there's so many people amassed incredibly incredibly substantial wealth between 2008 and 2010 but here's the kicker though here's the rip they had to know what the hell they were doing by the time it was 2008 you can't you can't wait till somebody's on a podcast you can't wait till somebody's in youtube videos you can't wait till somebody's in a Facebook group trying to tell you, hey, everybody's getting rich right now. Because if you wait till then, you got it. There's a learning curve here, guys. So if you wait until that moment, how long is it going to take you to retain the information? How long is it going to take you to fail forward like Steve was talking about earlier? That might take you two years. You got to take advantage of the opportunity in the lifetime of the opportunity. So people who are playing scared right now, people who aren't playing aggressive, we closed. I posted this just the other day. We closed in the last 30 days, 199000 plus, right? No, we don't play scared over here. We don't believe in playing scared. There's opportunities in every market. Have you educated yourself enough to figure them out and take advantage and prosper?
0: Absolutely. Uh, It's unanimous. Jump in. If, If not now, when? Leon, what you got for us?
1: I hear Steve Trang and Chris Jefferson say every single week on social media, take action. You know, they don't, they don't say wait until the timing is right. Uh, Some of you may have remembered the kids that played double Dutch in your neighborhood. They had the two jump ropes, right. And you had to get in at the right time so that you didn't, you know, um, you didn't mess up the rope. Right. Well, this, this is completely different than that, 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 You don't wait until it's sunny outside. You don't wait until it's snow. You have to just get in because the market conditions are always going to change. And that all starts up here. You know, the the best times I had as a salesperson selling business-to-business advertising, when it snowed, three feet of snow, everyone else stayed at home because it was hard, right? Those are where opportunities exist. And that same mindset of going, should I get in now, later on will be uh, if you wait will be well now everybody's in i waited so i probably shouldn't do that you'll find another excuse so if you're looking to get into this to rj's point you're getting in with with guys like like rj and and, and cj and myself and and steve and everybody else that's been on this show before that we don't think about market conditions i can make money at 7% i can make money at 10% i can make money at 12% You just figure it out. And that all comes from taking action first and foremost.
2: Yeah. And I just want to highlight uh, Chris's point, right? The, to be able to take advantage of a downturn, you don't just jump in and now, Hey, I'm here to take advantage of the downturn. You have to have the the resources, the knowledge, the know-how, the relationships, the access, there's a lot of things you have to have ready as a foundation to be able to take advantage of that opportunity.
3: But, but also adding on to that point is for all of us, we're already in this, we don't have another option, but to succeed no matter what happens in the market. So as we're moving along and things change, we're educating ourselves every single day to succeed because of that. If you're sitting on the sidelines saying, I don't know if I should jump in or not because you know the market might be tough. Well, that's where you're not getting that education. You're you're sitting back and waiting for to Leon's point, that perfect moment and it's never going to come. You think Apple- jumping in
1: to that point right there what you just said, RJ, jumping
3: in allows
1: you to see where the puck is going. We had a call today uh, on sales there were 118 people from our community on there and there were just like you have chat row here the chat row was going after it in regards to these are the top three things that are working for us right now cold calling is a little down texting is up right so when you don't jump in you don't get into a community like like with with cj and rj and, and disruptors and cg you don't get you don't get an opportunity to get on the game in the game you're still on the bench so you don't yep. know as things are shifting where it's going and you could get stuck.
2: You think Apple is looking at like, man, Nokia and Motorola are doing really good right now. (laughs) I (laughs) I shouldn't get in.
4: It's too tough. You know what Apple's doing? I'm dropping an iPhone. I'm dropping an iPhone.
1: Apple's dropping iPhones and looking at potentially buying Disney. That's what they're doing. They're not saying, "Am uh, am I having issues uh, with my competition, they're going, you know what? We're going to go create more competition by looking at other avenues to make money, new revenue streams.
4: Hey, man, that sounds, hey, Leon is charged up over there, man. It sounds like the vibes in the U right there. I, like <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love how when people bring energy, it comes off of, uh, from CJ and the charged up U. I love how that I always seems to go in there. I love it.
4: I love it. I love it. The energy is high over here, man. Man.
0: This has been a great episode. Like, thank you for welcoming me to
3: it and, you know, bringing the energy today. I, I appreciate it. Um, you, you have to pick a winner on this. And if it's Steve, we all know that he's paying you way too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, Zelle, that Zelle account is full. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, Steve hasn't filled my Zell account since, like, April. So
0: we're good there. Don't worry about it. Um, no, I mean, on this one, like, uh, i'm i'm gonna go ahead and give it i'm gonna go ahead and give this round to uh cj i i like it he's coming in hot with the uh with the win here on my uh my inaugural uh, hosting i i appreciate you guys having me here i've had a lot of fun um i feel that we've had great conversation today um i hope that our guests have enjoyed it um the friendly banter and then the not so friendly banter and some seriousness and. know taking rj away from his w2 for about an hour and a half you know we're we're happy about that so it's to have rj back it it is it's good it's great to have rj on the show i want to welcome i want to thank everybody if you had fun today i want you to like subscribe share comment get this out to your friends that are going to find value, you know, maybe not your friends, you know, send them to somebody you don't like, you know, you can see four grown men argue about topics all day, you know, send it to uncle Joe over on Pennsylvania Avenue. Let's, let's blow it up. Let's do it. Um, you know, on that note, I appreciate it. We're only going to go up from here and that's
1: all I got to say for now, gentlemen.
2: So real quick rounder horn, Leon,
1: Yeah, Leon G. Barnes, guys, thanks for having us uh, again today. Uh, Great show. RJ, great to have you back. CJ, always, always good. Great conversation today. Steve, um, even though your voice, you were playing hurt yesterday and wanted everyone to know that you got your IV. It's all right. We'll make sure (laughs) you get taken care of. Thanks for this having was,
4: me. This was Steve's this was Steve's flu game, man. This is Yes, game. it was.
1: And and unfortunately he didn't have the same result. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'll jump in real quick, man. Chris Jefferson, Richmond, Virginia, the U. You can find me on Instagram at the Chris Jefferson on Instagram. Send me a DM. I'll catch you on there, man. It's always a pleasure. Always your vibe, Matthew Porter. Potter, my guy. It's nice to meet you, man. It's nice
1: to meet you. My guy doesn't even know, know his last
4: name. <laughs> wow. Listen, I'm
3: from the South, man. Our our enunciation gets weird around here. It's <laughs> weird. Uh, I can't believe with uh CJ's ass kissing from the beginning it actually worked, and Matthew gave him the win. Um, uh, but oh it was uh it was a pleasure to be back. I I honestly I really missed this. Um, but a couple of things. Uh Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Central A E. Check out the new show. It's gonna be a shit ton of fun. Go um, watch it. Go watch it. excited to watch it.
1: Go watch literally, it. Go watch literally, it. there's that it. shit
3: everywhere. So please go watch it. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, we're running a special for December because of the show. Check out ChristmasCrucible.com.
2: Awesome. Steve Train Real Estate Disruptors. Uh, hopefully, you guys in, in, uh, enjoyed today's show. There were some deep topics. Went a little deeper on some of the topics than normal, but I think it was a healthy conversation. Fun. Always great. Why I love having these guys here. We can have a conversation without anyone getting heated. RJ's feelings got hurt a little bit, but all in all, everyone walked away pretty unscathed. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Catch you guys all next week.